Greetings from the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. We're sharing a short track today, which is basically just a shorter version of our regular format for the episodes of the podcast. Today we're going to hear more from our last episode, episode 16, where we talked about family trips to the Boundary Waters. We had a great amount of uh, feedback from that episode, so we wanted to just share some more information that we had in an interview that Matthew Baxley from here on the podcast recorded with Anthea Grazley, who we met at Canucopia, actually, in Madison, Wisconsin. Anthea and her family live in Illinois, and they shared their story about their first family trip to the Boundary Waters from 2018. So that's what we're going to hear today in the short track. Also want to take this time to remind you that we will be down at the Midwest Mountaineering Expo in Minneapolis. That's coming up really quick. April 26th, 27th, and 28th, right in Minneapolis there. So we're excited to be back on the road again. We'll be down there, and uh, we've got a lot of exciting information to share when we're down there. So if you are attending the expo, uh, please stop by and say hello to Matthew and I as we will be there all three days of that. also want to take this time to thank our sponsors who helped make that trip possible. We're talking about Tuscarora Lodge and Canoe Outfitters on the Gunflint Trail, Camp Chow, which has made uh, their trail center also on the Gunflint, as well as the Ely Outfitting Company over in Ely, Minnesota, on the west end of the Boundary Waters. So we wanted to thank all three of them for making our trip uh, possible to get down to the Midwest Mountaineering Expo. Well, let's hear our conversation. Let's keep the family theme rolling here, as we've done in April. And stay tuned in May. We're pumped. we got ice melting here on some of the lakes near the Boundary Waters. And we're going to be talking fishing in the May episode, episode 17, and just some other dynamics around that. So we've got a lot of things coming your way here in 2019 now that the paddling season is getting so close at this point. Well, so let's jump into our conversation here today on The Short Track. I am talking with Anthea Grazley. Anthea, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're being interviewed on the podcast today? Sure. Glad to be here. I'm a big fan of your podcast. Um, I'm here today. I, I took a, my family. I have a three-year-old, an eight-year-old, and an 11-year-old, and my husband and I took a trip to the Boundary Waters this last summer. So I live here in um, Rockton, Illinois, which is right between Rockford, Illinois, and Beloit, Wisconsin. Anthea, you uh, obviously are passionate about the Boundary Waters, and you're also passionate about your family. Tell us a little bit about your personal experience before we get into your experience with the family. Yeah, I really enjoyed the trip. I um, had it kind of something we'd wanted to do for a long time. Both my husband and I had been separately um, before we had kids. I'd gone with a group as a leader, and then he had gone with his dad on a fishing trip. And then we'd been to Canoeacopia, which is an expo in Madison. And we had learned that people take their family, and we we're like, well, we want to be one of those families. And I, I definitely wanted to go back again. But I, it, it really felt... Uh, it was very just a special trip. So for you personally, how much experience had you had in the Boundary Waters before this trip with your family? I had been one other time. I had done some tripping in um, college, wilderness tripping. I did some backpacking and some canoeing. 
And then I did do one trip to the Boundary Waters, but I wouldn't say that I was an expert in the Boundary Waters. And then this was actually, interestingly enough, this was, we hadn't taken our kids camping at all until we did this wilderness trip, uh, which was three nights and four days in the Boundary Waters. So you really started, this whole experience was new for all of you in a lot of ways. Oh, for sure. For sure. So tell us a little bit about where you went before we get into what happened. Where did you go? Where were you planning this trip to be? It was really about just getting out there with the kids. So we went to Ely and we went, um, we entered on Lake One and we portaged, I think there was two portages. And then we found a little island. We joked, this is, this is the only way the Grizzlies are going to vacation on a private island is in the Boundary Waters. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, but we did. We found a little island, and it was a, they told us, you know, get a windy spot. And so we got a windy spot. And uh, we basically kind of stayed put on that island and then did sort of little trips from that island with, with three young kids. It's nice to not have as much set up and take down. And it was nice to just kind of hang out and go pick blueberries or... Um, you know, Ella would cook some popcorn, my eight, 11-year-old, or Harry would throw a, a pole in, and we kind of just hung out and just were outside together in the Boundary Waters. So you just hit something that I think is really important for the family that's planning to go in for the first time. And, I, and I've heard this from a lot of families about realistic expectations, and in specifically you know, just go base camp the first time out. And that's what you chose to do. And it sounds like that that was a very uh, successful way to get into it. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend that because it didn't, it, it took the pressure off. It just made it fun because the portages, at, those are the times where you felt a little bit more, you know, you wanted to keep your family contained. You wanted to be conscientious of other canoers. And then once you got to the island, you could kind of just relax, you know, and um, or whatever your your camp would be and, and do things. We did certain, we had certain, we made sure all the kids had a little, a notebook to, a sketchbook to kind of draw in if they, they needed something. And then, yeah, we just had that time to just kind of be together. And, you know, when you're camping, you kind of just do what needs to be done. And it's fun because there's not a lot of pressure of times or schedules or, uh, but yeah, I definitely recommend the base camp, especially with young kids. So speaking of your young kids, the idea of getting into the wilderness with kids that are this old, was there anything that was worrying you or was a source of anxiety going in uh, that uh, you were kind of thinking about with bringing your kids in to the wilderness for the first time? The trip was definitely a little bit out of my comfort zone and I think out of the kids' comfort zone. It was interesting with the three-year-old, you're kind of like, oh, how are they going to do they didn't really have any reference or any sort of sense of comparison. So she was fine. She, it, it was a non-issue. She, she was just like, cool, I'll put my hand in the water while you paddle. And this is great, you know. And then the 11-year-old, it was more of a sort of, this is a challenge. I'm up for it. You know, she had to kind of rally and, and she was able to do it. And uh, the 8-year-old was like, wow, this is a lot of work, but I like it, you know. Mm. And so I know what people would ask, they would say, oh, what about this trip? How, you know, kind of raised her eyebrows like, oh, you're taking your kids to the Boundary Waters. And I'd say, oh, we're going to make memories. I don't know if they're going to be good memories or bad memories. <laughs> so so can you share those memories with us, the things that really stick out, either good or bad, anywhere in between? Sure. You know, I kind of tried to keep track, you know, right in the journal of things that uh, the kids and I did. <clears throat> tried to have a special memory to remember with each child. 
just it is fun to come back and tell stories. And um, one of the things I like with my the kids, aside from one night, the three year old had a restless night, which was kind of rough. But overall, the kids slept great while we were camping. Mm-hmm. And I, in fact, one of the nights I woke up my 11 year old because I had gotten up because we'd go to bed before it was dark, dark. And uh, I woke her up. I'm like, you have to see this night sky. Like, this is not something you get to mm. see at home. Like, this, this is this is spectacular. And so, you know, I kind of, it's midnight, and I'm kind of like, get it out, and she comes out. And just to be together and to, like, experience that was really special. And, and she still talks about it. Remember when you woke me up? I so you mm. had to come see it. Yeah. And then, and then, like, the first morning that we had arrived there, my son woke me up at, uh, 5.30 before anybody up on camp was like, let's go fishing, Mom. And so we got up and we saw the sunrise together. We didn't catch any fish, but we did put the pole in and that was really special. And it's just the simple stuff, but just being together and kind of, you do make memories, like stuff you did at home, you wouldn't remember it, but you're in the Boundary Waters. This is a special time. It, it is, you were making memories. And then like with Eva, just picking blueberries and special stuff like that. These are all things that you wouldn't be able to necessarily do um, in your day-to-day life. And, and, you know, this whole element of unplugging from technology um, that draws a lot of adults into the boundary waters, you're experiencing that all together as a family. So there's, you know, a certain level of presence, I imagine, that, that starts to unfold for all of you. Yes, I would agree with that for sure. So was it all, I mean, you, you were also sort of co-leading this trip with uh, your husband, correct? Mm-hmm, yes. How was that dynamic, both in the planning and preparation, but also while you were out there? Yeah, well, while we were out there, I, I really appreciated my husband's orienteering skills because I just, that's beyond my scope. Uh, and I was like, wow, this is really amazing. Like he, you know, because it's a different a different animal orienteering in the Boundary Waters. So he did that. He also, he did a lot of cooking at home, but um, it was really fun. He he took on that role of, you know, help cooking with, with a lot of the, the, the camping stuff. And, and that was, it just made it a lot more fun. And then with the planning, it was really a joint effort. Like we, we had the kids kind of, we picked out like, you know, six dinners and we had them vote on three of what they were going to choose for while we're out there. And and we really went back and forth on different things. Do we need this? Do we need that? I was kind of in charge of all getting the details of all the kids' stuff, but we had to go beforehand and agree on what was going to go on that personal gear list for each of the kids. Um, and they were basically the same, just, you know, what, because you don't want to bring too much, but you want to have everything you need, too. Yeah. But we definitely, there was definitely a, you know, kind of, you know, you'd say, oh, should we bring this? yes, no, kind of go back. There was definitely a lot of back and forth because you're both going to be responsible for that stuff while you're out there. So it was definitely a process and we definitely worked together to, to figure a lot of it out. Yeah, you know, I, what I really like uh, in what you're saying is the, the amount of collaboration, the amount of communication, but it sounds like both of you were really on board. Uh, you know, when I do some of the guide work that I do, um, we joke about, uh, what we call uh, hostage trips, where basically like one uh, member in a partnership is really excited for the trip and the other one is sort of out because they're uh, held hostage to be a part of the experience. And it doesn't sound like that was a dynamic here, that you were both equal participants and willing participants in this experience. 
Yes, for sure. We, I was, it was interesting because I was thinking of that, that situation and I was like, Oh, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus because I really wanted to go too. And so did he, <laughs> but um, I do think it's important to wait until the whole family is ready for the trip. We had thought of, we had been thinking about this since my 11 year old was a baby. And then this year, you know, 10 years later, we thought, Oh, I think this is the year we could all go to the boundary water. So I do think it's important to kind of wait until it's the right time for your family. Um, and, and you do want everybody on board because everyone, when you're out there, you, one person, you're not going to, if you're doing it with another person, you're not going to want to do it all by yourself. So I don't want to say somebody couldn't figure it out on their own, but you, you want to really have both people excited about the trip. You mentioned kind of assessing when everyone is ready. How did you know in your assessment that, that the family was ready for this? For us, and I really do think it's different for every family, so I wouldn't say this is a hard and fast rule for everyone. But for me, I had to be comfortable with all my kids if all our deer got dumped out of a boat and we were, even in the middle of summer, it wouldn't be the, the temperature, but just them being in the water in a life jacket, uh, would they, would I be comfortable with that happening if we capsized? Now, Eva at three isn't a swimmer, but I was fine with her going underwater and being in a life jacket in a boat right next to me. And that's how I decided to be able to wait until now. So I'm kind of, I'm picturing this, like you, you're working, uh, you're collaborating with your husband, you're, you got a plan, you're pulling it together, you've assessed your kids already, you're out there making memories, um, and it, I mean, it sounds like it's going, everything's going according to plan. Uh, were there any mishaps when you were out there, or, or things that you didn't expect? Um, well, the first day we went out, uh, we're listening to the or I don't know if we heard it on the radio or if I looked on my phone before. We didn't really bring, we brought a phone, but we didn't, we had it in a Ziploc and didn't really use it. We just had it for an emergency. But the weather, they called for sleet and hail and uh, thunder and lightning at, in the afternoon on the first day we were there. So both my husband were like, uh, okay, well, we're like, okay, well, we'll, we decided, you know, um, we got out there and, you know, you're making decisions as you go. You can't really plan too far ahead with weather because it really could change, you know? So uh, we go, we went out and we're like, well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll get a campsite before noon, before the storm hits. And so we thought we'd get to the camp by noon. We got there by one thirty, but it felt really good when we did get there. Cause we're like, okay. And then we ended up being able to set up all our tents and then it started to rain. It didn't hail or anything like that, but it definitely, you could feel the, the thunder and lightning and stuff. Mm. And uh, so, but that wasn't a big deal. But we, it was sort of a harrowing, like, okay, we yeah. got to get past this. So that sort of sense of um, urgency and uh, excitement, at least when my experience, when you know that some, something's coming and you want to be prepared for it. And that's just another element, I think, of the excitement when it goes well of being out there. For sure. It definitely, um, it's stories we tell because it was funny because on the way out there too, on the way back, we literally, it felt like we were practically high five and other paddlers like, way to go. You did it. But on the way out there, we were getting a lot of like, Oh, like eyebrows raised. Like, Oh, you're bringing your small children out into the wilderness. You, know, yes. like, you kind of, you know, you're, and you don't, I don't know if we were projecting or if people were really like, I don't know, you know, but on the way back, it seemed like everyone was like, Woo! and on the way there, like, are you sure about this? <laughs> <laughs> So that's great. I guess you can uh, say to all the naysayers, look, look what we did. Yeah, definitely some bragging rights. We definitely had the grandparents over and showed them slideshow on the computer of our, our pictures. We definitely have some bragging rights for sure. So 
Before we wrap up, I would love to give you a chance to share um, lessons learned, uh, reflections in hindsight um, that you would want to pass on to other parents who are interested in doing the same thing, but are not really sure, maybe a little apprehensive about um, going about it. Yeah, sure. I would say um, a few things. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Mm. I made probably 11 lists, uh, you know, gear lists, personal gear lists, menu, first aid. And, you know, stuff still happens. We ended up, one of our tents was leaky. We had a one of our collapsible water jugs got sliced on the camp stove. It fell off a rock. And, um, you know, like I said, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Mm. Um, I'd also say if you're, we reached out for, for expert help. I read a book becoming a Boundary Waters family, and that helped. But then I also emailed a friend who was an avid canoeer and uh, had been to Boundary Waters several times. It was about a week before the trip, and I was like kind of, you know, getting a little anxious. And she was like one of my college friends. We, uh, I thought, I'm going to email her. And she got right back to me. And it yeah. was like kind of like all those double checks, like make sure you, little things like it was like, you know, bring the water purifier and water tablets and just you know, little reminders that were like, you know, I, I read the book, but it's also good to talk to someone who's just been there and just, uh, you know, really use those resources you have. So um, that that was very helpful, talking to a person who really knew the boundary waters for us. Mm-hmm. And then um, the third thing would be to accept beforehand, accept that the trip might not be fun. <laughs> and I know that sounds a little weird, but it, it kind of takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. And 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 just it helped. So like I said, I would tell people there might be good memories, there might be bad memories, but uh, we're gonna make memories. And then it, it's just yeah. sort of like, okay, we're we're doing this. You know, it's gonna be where it's gonna be unique. It's gonna be something different. So anything else, Anthea? It was it was it was. We're gonna do it again. Not this summer. We want to do it every other summer. So 2020, we'll be back. So. You will. Yeah, that's the plan. So you were talking about reaching out to an experienced uh, friend. And your preparation mm-hmm. process. And one, I think that's great, great advice and a really wise decision on your part. Um, but you really quickly jumped from the one who was reaching out to now the one who's giving back. And uh, you're, you're essentially at this moment that person who is now giving their advice or sharing their experience to those that want to do the same thing. And that's uh, invaluable thing and that's my favorite thing about this paddling community is um, we're all coming in at different levels but we all have something to share so I just want to say a big thank you to you for being willing to share all of this with uh, with the listeners oh well so, ha- so happy to do it if I could be of any help for sure well I think you have been and uh, we're grateful at the podcast we would love to connect with you again next year at Canucopia, or if you're coming back through, uh, love to hear what you're planning for that 2020 family trip, because that sounds like that's going to be a, a good next step for you guys. Um, but until then, thank you so much, Anthea, for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for all you do. I've been really enjoying your podcast. Algon, springtime is coming. I saw on the lake and the geese on the wing. Shadows still long and the snow fields white blind. My heart belongs to the Northland in spring. Back to the tumfly, creel and a paddle. 
Back to the easel and the promise I bring To capture the light, the colors are weak My heart belongs to the Northland in spring White clouds billow and the birches turn gold Hills dark velvet in evening Belongs to the Northland in spring. 